Early in my uh, ministry career, I was gripped by the power of a praying parent. Randy Lynn Spears was born to Griff and Linda two months premature, and she contracted meningitis right after birth. Randy Lynn was not expected to survive. Even with the best that the Hospital for uh, Sick Children in Toronto had to offer, there was little to no hope given. And if by some remote and totally unlikely chance she lived, brain damage would be severe. So Randy Lynn's father, Griff, took up the issue with his Heavenly Father. He wrote out a, a large number of powerful promises for healing found in the Bible on separate sheets of paper. He then came to the church to spend the night alone in prayer for his daughter. He took all of these promises for healing that he'd written out, spread them all over the stage, and then he lay prostrate over each of these promises. He prayed uh, these scripture promises for his daughter all night long. He prayed the scripture. He prayed the promises of God. And something miraculous happened. Randy Lynn began to get better. She was eventually allowed to go home. However, she had to report back to Sick Kids Hospital regularly to see how she was doing. The doctor who looked after her described her as his miracle baby. He really had no other explanation than the supernatural intervention of, uh, of God in that situation. Eventually, Randy Lynn only needed to report in and get checked up on once a year. She's been doing that for over 40 years now, still doing that. And I love sending her Facebook birthday greetings. I rejoice and give thanks to God every year I do that. Friends, like how awesome is it that a father prayed the promises of the Bible for his child? Praying scripture is a great way to pray. And if Griff had not prayed, Randy Lynn would not be alive today. I'm absolutely convinced of it today is the last uh, of a five-part series of messages focused on parenting. But I really think lots have been in the series that's helpful for all of us. It, it's called Arrows, Living Towards the Target. And we've been taking the words of Solomon who said, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And, and we've been talking about getting our arrows, getting our children on target. And, and Solomon does use warfare language to describe parenting, he describes parents as warriors, but the war Solomon is talking about is not with your kids, okay? You thought the war was with your kids. It might feel that way, but it's our job as parents to take those arrows of ours, our kids, and launch them to the bullseye. And we describe the bullseye this way, raising kids who so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God in making this world a better place. Our goal is to help our kids to live and love like Jesus so that they're part of the spiritual war, pushing back the dark work of the evil one in our world while they serve as instruments, maybe even weapons of the healing love of Jesus. And today, as we wrap up this series, I want to talk about the power of a praying parent. The story of uh, Griff Spears doesn't have to be an isolated story. It, it should be the norm. And, and let me point you to some books that you can read or listen to. In my view, a great little book to read is Mark Batterson's Praying Circles Around Your Children. I'm le leaning heavily into this book as I put this message together, stealing stuff right out of the book that I resonate with. A, a book that was really popular when I started my ministry at my previous church in the early 90s is called The Power of a Praying Parent by Stormy O'Mardian. 
She speaks to the issues of the behind-the-scenes warfare, spiritual war that is happening in our world and how we need to pray that into reality. Several of you here today are, are, are parents of adult children and are wondering how we parent our adult children, especially if those children don't line up with our faith and values. This message on prayer applies. Writing this message has challenged me on how I pray for my kids. I, I, I do pray for my kids like every day, and my kids are awesome, and I'm sure you say the same about yours, but my middle daughter, Susan, with her husband, Chris, and our grandpuppy, Freya, I think that's as far as we're getting on the grand side, but anyways, are embarking on a new adventure. They're going back for a second time to New Zealand where Chris will be a sous chef for a fairly high-end exclusive resort. Chris is a Red Seal chef. He's chasing a dream. And some of you will remember when they lived here in Fort McMurray, uh, right up to around the wildfire where Chris was the head chef at a very nice but now defunct uh, Italian restaurant called Asti. So some of you know Chris and Susan. And of course, good parenting might mean that we have to include a trip to New Zealand. But... Sadly, we can't stay where Chris is working. I checked, the rate is like $2,000 a night. So we'll find somewhere else. But talking about adult children, a couple of things we can do as parents of adult children is number one, do all that we can to keep relationship up with our kids, to, to keep working at building that strong till death do us part relationship. And of course, number two, we keep praying for our adult children. Another book, if you want, is Stormy Omardian's The Power of Praying for Our Adult Children. Friends, we passionately believe that God works through prayer. The Apostle James says you do not have because you do not ask God. And Jesus did say, ask and it will be given to you for everyone who asks receives. And when it comes to prayer, family and kids are definitely where we want to start. Hey, when I first turned up at this church 11 years ago, there was a small group of parents who met every week to pray for their kids. I think the only ones left of that group are Blair and Marge Thompson. Yeah, Steph needed a lot of prayer over the years, a lot of prayer. So they prayed fervently. And apparently God brought Matt to Fort McMurray in answer to their prayers. And then they didn't have to pray for Steph anymore. Matt was such a transforming influence on her life. I'm told it's a miracle, really. I mean, they are our youth leaders now. You might want to ask Matt about that. I may, not be, I may or may not be telling the story quite right, but just ask Matt, not Steph. Anyways, I like this quote from around 100 years ago from a British Anglican bishop, Archbishop William Temple. He says, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. Grab that thought and hold on to it. And Mark Batterson gives us the perspective from the other side of the coin. 100% of the prayers I don't pray won't get answered, right? We need to be praying for our kids and the people closest to us, the people we live with. Not all of us here have kids, but all of us have family and friends we can be praying for. And I encourage you dads to pray, not just you moms. I mean, stereotypically, you moms outpray the dads. And I think I found out why. Yeah, this mother uh, was at work and was uh, texting her husband, asking about how it was going with the kids. 
And the dad replied, sending this picture, awesome, we're just hanging out together. And you wonder why mothers pray more. After mom chewed out dad for being irresponsible and to get Johnny off of the railing immediately, she then asked her husband if he would do a little shopping as she would be working late that day and they really needed toilet paper. Now, this was at the start of the pandemic. You'll, you'll remember that there was a run on toilet paper, and I don't mean that as a pun, but toilet paper was just so hard to get. In fact, one of my boarders got this, this, this huge caseload of it for, from his work, and, and so we were good in our house for that crisis. But anyways, after uh, they were done shopping, the dad sent this pic with the text, Mission Accomplished. So if you're wondering why moms pray more, it's because they have to pray extra protection over their kids when they're left in the care of dad. And yes, I'll accept flaming emails for the stereotypes that I might be promoting. But you know what? I caught Adrian doing the same thing earlier. Anyways, stereotypes. Okay, let me zero in on something I, I think God wants us to do through prayer with our kids that maybe not all of us are thinking about. And then talk about how we need to not just pray for our kids, but teach our kids to pray. But what I want to zero in on is this. Praying for your children is a way to create a history-changing family legacy. Let me say it again. You get to create a history-changing family legacy through your prayers. Let me take you to this promise God gave us through King David. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. You can't choose Christ for your kids but you can pray that they choose Jesus. And then we can do all that we can to create an environment that helps them to choose Jesus. We can partner with our local church to help our kids get to know Jesus personally. But in the end, it is their choice. But we can pray that God's Spirit would woo them to himself. In fact, they can't come to Jesus unless the Spirit is at work in their lives. So come, Holy Spirit. And hey, what you pray now doesn't just impact your kids. It impacts your grandkids and generations to come. Your prayers for your kids are the greatest legacy you can leave. You don't have to do everything right as a parent. I mean, it's guaranteed you won't. But one thing you cannot afford to get wrong is praying for your kids. You don't have to be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer, I think, is your highest privilege as a parent. I was really grabbed by this statement by Mark Batterson. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. You see, as we pray for our kids, we listen to God to speak to us about how we should be praying for them. And God will often give us words that speak even to the destiny of our children. Now, we've we got to be careful about this and how we handle this. Because most parents have strong passions for who they would like to see their kids become. And we must be careful to separate our passions from what God is speaking. That's not always easy. My father, who was an electronics technician who started out doing uh, high security installations in the military for, for NORAD, his passion was that I would become an electrical engineer. In his mind, that was the ideal career a step above what he achieved. And yeah, when I chose to become a pastor, it, it took him a few years to bless that decision, which he did, very much so, but not at first. 
Friends, when we pray for the future of our kids, let's work at hearing from God first, but be, be careful with what we sense. Remember the bullseye? We must pray for the bullseye. And that means not just praying that God will keep our kids safe, and we do pray for that, but we should be praying that God will make our kids dangerous for his purposes so that they can make a difference in their generation. The bullseye, by the way, isn't that the world, they would all become pastors. But the bullseye is that they would become dangerous for Jesus, right? Um, just pushing back in some way or form against the kingdom of darkness. Years ago, a YWAM worker from Malaysia spent time with the staff team I was leading in Thunder Bay. In fact, he came several times. He had a unique prophetic gift and helped me to see the transition that was coming in my life from Thunder Bay to Fort McMurray. And on one of his earlier visits, he said something that I thought was way off. He told me that I was in ministry today as an answer to the prayers of someone in my family from a previous generation. I, I surveyed my family. I didn't think this looked very likely at all. However, I, I did get into a conversation with my grandmother about this, and she said, oh, yes, your Aunt Gladys has been passionately praying for years that among all you kids, God would raise up ministers and pastors. Doug, you're, you're just an answer to Aunt Gladys's prayers. And Aunt Gladys was my grandmother's sister. She was my great aunt. I had forgotten that there was this little sliver of Pentecostal faith in my family, we didn't connect with them much. My dad liked to call them holy rollers and keep his distance. And I was in Ontario, and they were in Victoria, and other parts of the Pentecostal sliver were in New Zealand. It was interesting to find out that my destiny was shaped by the prayers of my great aunt. And so now as I pray for my kids, I want to hear from God as I pray and pray prayers that will help shape their future for the good. And... I was impacted not just by the prayers of members of my family. I think back to when I was 16 years of age. There was this director of a leadership program at a children's camp I was a part of. He prayed and spoke prophetically into my life uh, without really realizing that he was being prophetic. He helped me to see that I had the spiritual gift of teaching. He, he spoke to how just powerfully that was being used at camp. And he let me know that that gift would be part of my future that God had for me. I was gripped by his words. They were encouraging, and they have never left me. And on a side note, let me promote our church denomination camp, Camp Nakanum. Similar to my camp leader and training program, they have these junior staff, junior leadership positions that include a, a, a week of leadership training. Just an awesome way for our youth in grades 8 to 12 to learn what it means to be leaders and to have some great godly mentors speak into their lives. As well for our kids, grades 8 and under, it's just one awesome summer camp. Just, just Google Nakanum. A whole lot of good happens in one week of camp, and they have family camps as well. Again, let me put this Mark Batterson statement uh, on the screen, back on the screen. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, every generation that follows. And I would add to that other mentors, like youth leaders, like camp leaders. Uh, last week, I called people like that paraparents, you know, people who assist us in our parenting. This doesn't mean that you or anyone else will start predicting the future, okay? It just means you get to help create it. How? Through your prayers. I agree with Batterson when he says prayer is the way we write the future. 
It's the difference between letting things happen and making things happen. Parents, you do this for your kids. Christian mentors do this with those they are mentoring. Between at least my last great aunt who prayed for me, as well as a number of different leaders in my life as I grew up, and maybe some complete strangers as well, the combined impact of all these praying people praying for me just powerfully I have time to tell you stories, but I got lots of them. Um, stories where I experienced blessing, miracles, protection, deliverance that I can trace back to the pray prayers of various individual people who were sensitive to the voice of the Spirit, responded and prayed for me. Man. I'm just looking forward to eternity when God pulls back the space-time curtain and unveils his sovereignty by being able to connect the dots between our prayers and his answers. And again, to quote Batterson, our prayers never die. They live on in the lives of those we pray for. For me, that's a hugely encouraging and, and humbling thought. Our prayers never die. And the, the prayers of those who prayed for me never die. Now, I do realize that not every one of us has inherited a prayer legacy from our parents, grandparents, or uncles and aunts like I did. And depending on your upbringing, you may not have had any other spiritual leaders in your life speaking and praying into who you are in your de destiny. But hey, you can be the start of a new spiritual genealogy. It can start with you. Further, I know that in our church family, some of you were victims of abuse, Others of you didn't have a father or you're, you're a child of divorce. Maybe you never felt loved, uh, always felt shamed. And talking about legacy, you're afraid that you're just going to make the same mistakes and pass the mess down to the next generation. Can I just push pause and remind you that Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross, broke the curse so that you can break the cycle. I'm not saying it happens quickly or easily. You, you'll really need to pray it through, right? Pray it through so that you can get the breakthrough you're looking for. Our soul care course that we offer can be immensely helpful here. Keep an eye open for when it next happens. And the Apostle Paul would say this to you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Paul is saying is, you can break that cycle because it's all new. Be the starting point of this prayer legacy that will impact generations to come. You can begin a new prayer genealogy that starts with you and goes on for generations to come. And when you pray, listening to the Spirit for how you should be praying, you are joining in with God and what he wants to do in this world through those you are praying for. Again, we're not just praying for protection and healing and deliverance. And we should be praying for all of those things. Friends, we're praying for the legacy and destiny of our kids and people all around us. We're praying that God would rise up dangerous, spirit-led risk-takers who are not afraid to join God in his mission to transform this world for the better. So I hope what I've just done is maybe painted a bit of a picture for you that your prayers can be bigger and grander than you thought. Your prayers can be part of shaping the destiny of your kids and whoever God calls you to pray for or mentor. As you pray, you allow God to speak to you what he wants to do in the life of those you're praying for, and you pray that. 
Do you see what an awesome privilege you have to pray for your kids and whoever God lays on your heart? Do you see what an incredible act of love it is when you pray in alignment with the will of God? Okay, got one more thought I want to squeeze in. We don't just pray for our kids. We pray with our kids, teaching them how to pray. I know with shift work and all that this is challenging, but we need when we can and as often as possible and be disciplined about it, take 10 minutes or so, maybe at the dinner, you know, where the parents pray. And then we invite our kids to pray. And maybe we keep a prayer journal of what we've been praying for and how God answers prayer. When you go and tuck your kids into bed at night, make that a moment where you pray for your child and you get your child to thank God or, or something and um, maybe get your kid to uh, seek God for something. Maybe you work together at listening to God speak. Oh, yeah. We don't just pray for our kids. We pray with our kids. One of our greatest responsibilities as parents is to teach our children to listen to God and pray. We model that and we get them praying. This is part of what King Solomon means when he says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. You see, teaching a child to pray is kind of like learning to drive. Until our kids get into the driver's seat, they, they won't know how to get anywhere with, with prayer because um, as you just pray for your kids and pray for them their entire lives, but they're never praying what that means is they're just along for the ride, right? Sitting there in the back seat. But if you teach your kids to pray, hey, they then learn how to download the directions for their life's journey right into their hearts for themselves. Friends, if we teach our kids to pray, any time they need to get somewhere, overcome something, navigate through the trouble, they know what to do. You have modeled it to them, and you have taught them. And now our kids can begin to experience God personally on their own and see how much he's in love with them and how he will lead them and guide them into the future. And for the rest of their lives, they will know who to turn to and how to turn to him. There is that you can give your children then a passion to pray deeply and personally to the God who's crazy in love with them, who will lead them through this confusing world of ours. Okay. As I wrap up this series, you do remember the bullseye. Raising kids who so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God and making this world a better place. Risk takers, faith takers for God. I'm looking forward to seeing how the next generation of Fort City kids rise to the challenge of being spiritual warriors who live and love like Jesus, who are used powerfully by Jesus to lead others to transforming faith in God. Will you join me in prayer? In the first part of the prayer, I want you to pray with me and make this your personal prayer, and then I will pray for you. So pray this with me. Father God, I thank you that you are the perfect parent. Just acknowledge. You may not have had a perfect parent, but acknowledge that our Father God is the perfect parent. And then let's pray. Will you pour your love and wisdom into me that I might parent well, that I might mentor well, as you parent and mentor me well. Lord Jesus, Help me to get past just wanting to see my kids safe and protected. 
I give my kids to you, that you would use them for your purposes, your good purposes in this world, whatever that looks like. Now let me pray for you. And God, I pray now for every parent in the room here with kids at home or not. And I pray for every person who's in some sort of mentoring relationship with someone else. Lord, would you speak to their hearts and open their eyes to the grand future you have for our kids and those we mentor and lead. God, I, I pray that you would raise up a mighty generation of kids who become adults, who love others radically with the love that you have poured into their lives. Use our kids to change this world for the better. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.